the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, February the 12th, 2024, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1809, Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States, was born in a log cabin in Hardin, now LaRue County, Kentucky. I'll come back to Abraham Lincoln a little later. Today, in 1914, groundbreaking took place for the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. A year later, on this date, the cornerstone was laid. Today, in 1973, Operation Homecoming began as the first release of American prisoners of war from the Vietnam conflict took place. Today, in 1999, the Senate voted to acquit President Bill Clinton of perjury and obstruction of justice. Today, in 2000, Charles Schultz, the creator of the Peanuts comic strip. He died in Santa Rosa, California. He was 77 years old. He was a committed Christian, had a very strong testimony. I heard him speak at least once that I recall, talk about his faith. He once said that Charlie Brown was kind of who he was when he was young. Today in 2019... Mexico's most notorious drug lord, this Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, he was convicted in New York of running an industrial-scale smuggling operation. Guzman is now El Chapo. He's now serving a life sentence at the federal Supermax prison facility in Florence, Colorado. Today in 2023, Patrick Mahomes was the most valuable player as the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles in a win to win their third NFL championship in four years at Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona. Well, as you may know, if you follow sports, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl again yesterday against the San Francisco 49ers. I noticed that Patrick Mahomes did what he always does when I've seen him in the news. He took a moment to thank God for all of his blessings and not necessarily for the win, but just for his blessings. And he said, anything I can accomplish in my life, all glory be to God. There were a number of Christian football players playing in that Super Bowl yesterday. And uh, I, two of one, I, I, when I hear them speak, I, I'm encouraged They're often criticized by the left. Christians are often criticized in general by the left nowadays. But high-profile athletes who give a testimony to the Lord and they thank the Lord for his blessings are often characterized by the press and others as saying, well, God's on our side and we're praying that God will help us to win this football game. And then they go on to say, well, God doesn't care about football games. And so on. Well, 
I don't hear these people saying that. They're more mature than that. They're more intellectually sound than some of the people on the left. I'm thinking of the highest office in the land as one of those places. I think it's not fair to say that about these these guys and women as well in sports. When you hear them speak about God in their appreciation for the Lord and for his blessings, I don't hear them. Maybe I've just missed that part, but I don't hear them saying, well, I thank God that we were able to beat the other team today. I don't hear that at all. They're much more mature than that. They're much more mature than the left. The left is just floundering. They're flip-flopping. They're looking for a path to whatever is the next station in life that they see as whatever, and it's all relative, and there's no fixed values and so on. I can understand why they totally misunderstand where these people are coming from. They need they need redemption from the Lord. They need to have a life-changing experience. Then they'll see life as it is, and they'll see it more, more correctly as it relates to to God, the creator of all things. So I don't hear athletes, I mean, there may be some, but I don't hear athletes, the high-profile ones, saying anything like they're often accused of saying. I did hear Mahomes yesterday thanking God for all of his blessings, and he is good and faithful and so on. And others have done the same thing. As I said, there were a number of very devout Christians playing in that game yesterday, obviously on both sides. Obviously, they both, all of them didn't win. Some of them lost the game and some of them won the game. But their relationship to God and their words of of testimony to a, a viewing audience of over 200 million people yesterday on the Super Bowl is not about God helped me to beat the other guy in the game. They're much more mature than that, and they need to get credit for that as well as being great athletes. I don't know if you've heard about this, but I think you should know about it. There's a story out this morning. Newsweek actually was the first to publish the story online. At least two people were wounded. One suspect was killed following the shooting at Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas, yesterday afternoon. Newsweek reported that the shooting took place a bit prior to the 2 p.m. Spanish service. The suspect was a woman in her early to mid-30s. She entered the church with a rifle, was accompanied by a five-year-old boy. According to police chief Troy Finner, two off-duty officers were working security at the church, and they killed the suspect before, after she began shooting before she could kill too many people. The aftermath of the shooting left two injured, as well as the five-year-old boy who arrived with the woman he was taken to the hospital in critical condition. And it's unclear, as far as the news is right at the moment, just five, ten minutes ago before I came on the air this morning, they're not sure what the relationship is between the boy and the woman. The woman, of course, is dead. Joel Osteen is the pastor of that church. And uh, he responded to the shooting on social media. Osteen said, our community is devastated by today's events, grateful for the swift actions of the law enforcement. May the healing hands of God touch the lives of everyone involved and provide comfort during this difficult time. He put that on Twitter. He continued on Twitter. In face of such darkness, we must hold on to our faith and remember evil will not prevail. 
God will guide us through the darkest times, he said. Together we will rise above the tragedy, stand firm in our commitment to love and support one another. He said, in times like these, our faith is tested, but it is also strengthened. We don't always understand why things like this happen, but we do know that God is in control. He, uh, he was asking for continued prayer and for healing and for peace. During a press conference yesterday afternoon, Osteen noted that the situation involved the shooting would have been worse had it taken place during the 11 a.m. service since it has a larger audience. I think that church, it's a converted basketball stadium. Um, I think it seats, what, 20,000 people or something like that? So anyway, no question about that. If there were fewer people, the the risk is, is less. He said we were in between services going into the Spanish service. So, you know, he said if there's anything good of it, uh, she didn't get in there and do a whole lot of damage. So we thank God for that. There's probably much more coming out on this today, but that's what was available on the news as of this morning and up to just a few moments ago. Interestingly enough, parts of California overnight were hit by more than a dozen earthquakes. Not... I don't think there was a lot of damage, if any, much from the earthquakes, but they were certainly felt. There were 13 times of shaking <laughs> during during the overnight in, in the Imperial Valley of, of California, that's Southern California, out on the east side. Uh, the Good Morning Southern California uh, program came on and said, did you feel the magnitude 4.8 earthquake about two miles northwest of El Centro? at 12.36 a.m., and then they go on to report uh, that El Centro is a city in the Imperial Valley in Southern California border region, but the rattling continued until 1.01 a.m., the report says, when the 13th quake of the series that be- that began less than a half hour earlier was recorded. So it was just continued shaking. I, Marjorie and I lived in Southern California for a few years, and and uh, we're at the church there in North Hollywood, and men, um, we have, I mean, it becomes kind of normal. You you feel those that shaky, but I don't ever remember feeling 13 of them in in half an hour. That would be a little up, upsetting, even in the middle of the night, if it, if you were awake and or or awakened by them. It's been a busy night. The National Weather Service put out a in San Diego posted on on uh, Twitter on X. They said it's been a busy night to our east. Several small earthquakes have occurred in El Centro in the past 15 minutes and so on. So that's a little bit of what happened overnight and is happening as we speak. Today is Abraham Lincoln's birthday. And he's kind of, a, in some respects, he's kind of a forgotten man. And uh, I want to talk about that aspect of him, but talk a little bit about his life today and how it impacted a nation and how his principles and commitments and values impacted a nation about some of the things we know about him and some of the things we may not know about him. But I also want to take just a moment to encourage you to stand with us financially in this program. Uh, You did, we, uh, at the end of this past year of 2023, I mentioned during um, end of November, first part of December, just that we were not exactly where I wanted to see the ministry financially at the end of the year. 
and so many of you stepped up and just put us where we needed to be at the end of the year, and I am so grateful for that. And that's kind of been the history of this ministry since we started it. I, I really did start it on just about 12 years ago now, I think, or 11 maybe, uh, this particular program. And I um, I just said, Lord, I'll, I'll do it as long as you support it. And, and I feel in my heart the passion to do it, you know, from your spirit. And God has given us that over these last years. And it's been um, uh the impact has been amazing. It's been more than I really expected. And so I'm so grateful for that. But I just want to encourage you to stand with us in this year. It's going to be a very consequential year. There's going to be so many voices in the culture this year that we need to talk about and we need to define and turn the light on, on those uh, various voices that are misleading, the, the winds that are blowing and the waves that are against as the allegorial, uh, against the ship and so on. Um, I, I need you to stand with us financially as well throughout this year because uh, there's resistance to what we're doing and what we're saying. And I'm not going to say more than that, but I, I want you to know that. So thank you for your prayers as well. And I want to point out in love, um, I'm not I don't mean this any other way except just being very truthful. The stations that we're on support us. Those of you who know what station you're listening to right now. But Portland has not. And we're losing several thousand dollars a month, each month, being on the station in Portland, KPDQ. And we're well-received and well-supported in all the other stations we're on. So I just want to encourage those of you in Oregon and Southwest Washington, if we don't meet our budget, we're, we're going to make the decision to pull off KPDQ. And that would be very sad for me and for all of us because Portland is a dark place, and I think we all know that. And I, I believe what we're saying needs to be said and needs to be heard. And I say that in total humility. It's not us, it's the Lord. But it needs to happen there. So I would encourage you to consider this. I don't want to do that. We, that's not what we do. We grow, we expand, and we're looking at some other stations now to expand into. But we're not going to be able to continue as far as just stewardship unless and i think there's people listening to us in portland in fact i know that but we need your support and i won't say any more about that but i just wanted to make it clear to you kind of where we are so you would know and if god speaks to your heart and and we, every month we have our budget and every month we're several thousand dollars short of what we need in our budget in on that station so uh, thank you for prayerfully considering it. And to all of you who support us, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and it makes it happen every day. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Now, about Abraham Lincoln. He was one of the greatest presidents of all time. Today is his birthday. However, his birthday is celebrated only by a few in our nation. They just don't say much about Abe Lincoln. If he were president today, I'm wondering 
how would he address the issues of our time? That's an interesting idea. I mean, I don't have an absolute answer to that. But I think as we look at his life and look at who he was and what he represented, we can see the character of someone who was able to bring together a profoundly divided nation. We are that nation today. Only the issues that divide us are different. The spirit of the division is the same. And the depth of the division is the same. Now we can, you know, play play word games and say, well, we're, we're united as a nation and we're together. There's more that brings us together than that divides us. No, there isn't. We're not together. We're profoundly divided as a nation. And there are those working 24-7 so, to see that we remain a divided nation. It is demonic in nature, but it is profoundly effective in dividing this nation. And it is more spiritual than it is political. There are efforts right after Lincoln's death to get his birthday, February 12th, recognized as a holiday. But there was never, there's never been a federal Lincoln birthday holiday. You say, well, no, Gary, I remember when I was young, we used to celebrate his, we did. I remember that too. I mean, it was only four or five years ago for me. <laughs> I remember, I'm kidding. I remember that too. But it wasn't because it was a federal holiday. It was just that our school teachers and whomever thought that Lincoln made a great contribution to America and we should talk about him on his birthday or whatever. Currently, the Lincoln holiday is celebrated unofficially nationwide as part of what many states call President's Day. That falls on the third Monday of February. Just a few states celebrate the actual Lincoln birthday on its day. Technically, the federal President's Day commemorates George Washington's observed birthday, but there's no national holiday called President's Day. We just use that term. The third Monday in February is the date designated for the federal Washington's birthday holiday under the Uniform Monday Holiday Act of 1971. So on February 12th, Lincoln's real birthday, his life and his work go pretty much unnoticed, with a few exceptions. There are a few celebrations on a state level, along with a, a ceremony at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. We'll be doing that today unless, unless the president forgets. There's also a wreath ceremony at Lincoln's birthplace in Kentucky. By 1890, Lincoln's birthday was observed as a paid holiday in 10 states, according to one blog that tracks the holiday. In 1940, 24 states and the District of Columbia observed Lincoln's birthday. Now, after the Uniform Monday Holiday Act was passed in 1971, states moved toward considering the federal Washington birthday holiday as President's Day, just a handful of states honor Lincoln directly. It's sad, but that's how he lost his birthday. How would you like to lose your birthday? I kind of would, to be honest with you. I don't want to not have birthdays. I just don't want to talk too much about it. Anyway, the states currently having Lincoln birthday holidays on February 12th include Illinois, which was Lincoln's adopted home state, California, Connecticut, Missouri, and New York. There have been several attempts 
in Congress to get Lincoln his own national holiday, but none of them have succeeded. Now, now more than states celebrate Black Friday than the day after Thanksgiving than they do Lincoln's birthday. In fact, in fact, as of 2019, 18 states, not including Indiana, have days off for state employees for Black Friday. Another 10 states give their employees the day off for Good Friday, and five states recognize December 26th as a holiday. So Abe gets left out quite a bit. It's true that his story is the story of a little boy who grew up in poverty and real isolation without education. He lost his mother at age nine, who almost died several times, yet yet who became the most admired and revered of Americans, among most Americans, if they know about it. Historians and the general public regularly rank Abraham Lincoln as America's greatest president. There is little doubt that it's widely admired for his work to end slavery and preserve the Union. But beyond those two important things, most Americans, most Americans know very little about Lincoln's life. A poll by Participant, which is a polling company, found that two-thirds of Americans admitted to knowing little to nothing about Abraham Lincoln. 83% of respondents thought that the Emancipation Proclamation freed all slaves in the United States. But if you know the history, it was a great moment, and it was a giant step forward. But it only freed the slaves in the areas under Confederate control at that point. Another 40% believe that Lincoln was a Democrat. <laughs> that is out of confusion based thanks to Google, I can tell you that. Because if you Google and you begin to look at, at him, at, at Lincoln's life, you'll find that they identify him as a member uh, and he was affiliated with the National Union Party. No, he wasn't. He was a Republican. They choose that to confuse, I believe. That was a temporary rebranding of the Republican Party during the 1864 presidential election. In fact, Lincoln was the first Republican to be elected president. Lincoln was perhaps the most successful president in the history of the United States of America. He saved the United States. He helped abolish slavery. He spoke some of the most memorable words in U.S. history, including the Gettysburg Address. Survey after survey on presidents put him at the very top or near the top of the most admired, most effective presidents in the history of our nation. Of course, George Washington is at the top as well. But I'd call that success. But here's the deal. With Abraham Lincoln, history shows that he also had his share of failures. Success isn't like forever and without any flaws or bumps or hiccups. He was defeated for the Illinois State Legislature in 1832. He started a business only to see it go under. It was a store in New Salem, Illinois. His partner died. He couldn't sustain the business. Abraham couldn't sustain the business, so he eventually closed it down and had a bunch of debt. He worked until he paid off all the debts. He lost his run for Congress in 1843 and again in 1848. He lost his bid to become a U.S. Senator in 1855. He ran for Vice President of the U.S. in 1856 and lost. 
He again ran for the U.S. Senate in 1859 and lost again. And there's more, but you get the idea. It wasn't as though Lincoln was came in on a white horse and knew all that needed to be known and all that needed to be done. He was a guy who struggled through life just like all the rest of us. But because he had this guiding light in his life, and he spoke about it often, he's been criticized as being non-religious, but that's not the case. He spoke about the Bible and about the Lord often and regularly. Lincoln once said about success and failure, he said, my great concerns is not whether you have failed, but whether you are content with your failure. (laughs) He wasn't, and he kept going and kept improving and kept trying. He also said that, that some achieve great success has proved that all others can achieve it as well. He said, if often, it often requires more courage to dare to do the right than to fear doing the wrong. That was what he was about. He said, basically, aim high and persevere. Despite his failures, he pressed on and had numerous successes. He had the successful law firm, essentially, later. He got a patent for a device that would buoy uh, vessels over shoals that kind of lift them up in the water and get them over the shoals so they they could navigate some of these areas. He was honored in 1992 by the Wrestling Hall of Fame because he only lost one wrestling match in 300 matches that he had as an athlete. Who knew that? You say, I did. (laughs) Probably some of my listeners did know that. He got a patent for these devices. He got awards for his wrestling, his athleticism. And as everybody knows, he ran successfully for president in 1860 and again in 1864. But while he was in office, he wrote the Emancipation Proclamation and kept the Union together. He also said these words. He said, four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty, dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in this great civil war, testing whether that nation or any other nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. Talking about Gettysburg. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. He said, the brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it, far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what we did here. It is for us the living, rather to be dedicated here in the unfinished work, which they who fought have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. God give us 
that kind of leadership again in America. We need that kind of leadership. As we pray about people to vote for in the coming months of this year, keep the profile of Abraham Lincoln in mind. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.